0: Welcome to Living the Dream with Ben and Rodney. Here's your host, Ben Wilson.
1: Welcome to a special episode of Living the Dream with Ben and Rodney. I'm your host Ben Wilson and I'm joined by my good buddy Scott Tudor as we continue our tribute albums or tribute episodes to great rock and roll artists of all time and we are honoring one of the legendary bands of all time today and that is Van Halen and we open the song or the show with Eruption from Van Halen followed by followed by You Really Got Me in tribute to the late great Eddie Van Halen, who passed away this week at 65 years old. Scott, thanks so much for coming on this important show.
2: Ben, thank you again for having me. I'm excited about this tribute, except for the unfortunate loss of one of the greatest rockers of all time, in Eddie Van Halen.
1: Absolutely. Um, you know, Eddie had been battling cancer for several years. Uh, like I said, he did pass away at 65 years old but he has left behind a tremendous legacy as one of the greatest guitarists of all time and head of one of the greatest bands of all time van halen so uh, what what were your thoughts initially about um, eddie van halen when you heard that he passed away
2: i just immediately went into my childhood listening to especially 1984 the album because that that album was the most popular at the time of of being a child for me I was in like 3rd 4th grade of course jump had such commercial success and that was just out there you know even the I think the NBA even had some highlight films that they were using that music for and of course I was playing little league basketball at the time so that all kind of intertwined and jump was on every single pop station top 40 Uh, rock station and you know you name it it was playing and of course for the MTV era jump was perfect so that kind of brought me into the fold and then uh, of course i loved uh, van halen one from 1978 several songs off of that album were great so it just immediately took me into my childhood and and thinking about you know it's crazy because you don't really think about it until somebody passes how much of an influence on pop culture and on your life, you know they had how it was intertwined in in your music and and certain eras in your life. So it just immediately took me back to being that eight nine year old kid listening to the radio and and watching basketball and playing basketball and things like that.
1: Yeah, you know um, Van Halen's just one of these iconic bands of all all time um, for the history. Um, Van Halen's were actually uh, Eddie Van Halen and his brother Alex um, Alex is actually a couple years older than Eddie but in 1974 they, found, they founded Van Halen and it consisted of Eddie, the drummer Alex Van Halen, his brother vocalist David Lee Roth and bassist Michael Anthony and that group was together from 74 until 85 I mean just an iconic iconic thing and, um, I mean David Lee Roth is one of the greatest front men of all time and Michael Anthony is a, a tremendous basis as well. I mean, you know, when you think rock and roll and fun and that whole rock and roll era that really led into the, the big success of the late 70s and 80s, Van Halen was right at the forefront.
2: Yeah, I, I think I actually even made a Facebook post that said, you know, Van Halen was the epitome of rock and roll to me. I mean, that that band was just what sparked it all. I mean, a lot of your hair bands tried to come out and and capture the the magic that Van Halen had, and you know Van Halen started it, man, with the the what people call hair band or glam rock or whatever. And a lot of people look down on that nowadays, but back then, man, that was the music to listen to, and Van Halen was at the forefront.
1: You know, it was interesting too when they were starting to you know, come on the scene and be really, really popular, that's when your classic rock bands like Led Zeppelin were winding down. I mean, Led Zeppelin really ended in 1980. And, of course, Van Halen came on the scene uh, on a nationwide level in 1978 with the album Van Halen. Right. So they kind of took that. And, you know, the antics with David Lee Roth on stage and the energy and, you know, Eddie uh, Van Halen, Michael uh, uh, Anthony running, playing guitar and stuff. I mean, you know, we talked about ACDC and the, the legacy there and the energy there, but, man, Van Halen was doing all that stuff and even more um, energetically than AC/DC.
2: That was the perfect combination. You had all the musical talents of the Van Halens and, of course, Michael Anthony, and then the showmanship of David Lee Roth. I mean, David mm-hmm. Lee Roth's voice... Is it the best? No, not necessarily, but it's good. And the showmanship of him being on stage was what just won fans over, because he was always doing something crazy, like flying through the air on a cable or, you know, some kind of karate kick or, you know, anything like that. And he was just very flamboyant and just a great showman.
1: Yeah. So when they launched Van Halen um, with the album in 1978, it was a big success right away. I mean, some amazing songs that were in that uh, album. I mean, you've got Eruption that we just mentioned. Um, let me just check a few other albums here. I mean, this is just a, an amazing album. You've got, um, oh, shoot, um, Running with the Devil. Yes. Um, Ain't Talking About Love, yeah. one of my favorites. I'm the One. Jamie's Crying. I mean, what a great song that is. Yeah. Um, atomic Punk, Feel Your Love Tonight. Little Dreamer, The Ice Cream Man and On Fire. That was an 11 track album released in 1978. Um what were some of your favorite songs on that album?
2: So Running with the Devil was just awesome. I mean the the title may throw some people off, you know, with the the devil being in there or whatever, but the song is amazing. Uh Jamie's Crying is good. Uh Ice Cream Man is probably the most underrated song on that album. I love that song. Uh, you know, just hit after hit for for all those. Uh, you know, I, I loved probably just about every song on that album.
1: Yeah, no, it's just a great album. So during the show, we're actually gonna play some of the great Van Halen songs. And I, like I was telling Scott before we got on the air, you know, probably ACDC is my favorite band. I mean, I, there are just so many songs that they have that I I just love. But when you go back and look at the career of Van Halen, both with the David Lee Roth era and the Sammy Hagar era that we're gonna get into. I mean, there are just so many great songs by this band. I mean, just—I mean, it's just amazing what they've been able to put out. So let's play one of their favorites and mine. Ain't talking about love. What a song. What a song. Great tune. I tell you what, you know, when you're just thinking about that, that song, just the energy that comes from Van Halen. I mean, with Dave out front, but I mean the guitars with Eddie and Michael, but the drumming with Alex, I think is amazing too. They're just like blowing you out of the arena.
2: Yep, Superb.
1: So that is the first album that they came out with, with, um, Uh, Van Halen 1. They also had Van Halen 2, and that came out in um, 1979, March 23rd of 1979. It was a bit of a shorter album. Um, They had the songs on there, You're No Good, Dance the Night Away, which I remember that one. Somebody Get Me a Doctor. (laughs) 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 Somebody uh, Bottoms Up, Out out of Love Again, well... (laughs) That sounds. That's a good rock song theme right there. Um, side two is Light Up the Sky, then Spanish Fly, D.O.A., Women in Love, and Beautiful Girls, which is one of my personal favorites. Yes. Because that is like the theme song for Rodney, my bulldog. I mean, <laughs> like when I take him out, it's like walking around with Brad Pitt.
2: Right. Beautiful Girls is definitely my favorite one off of that that album. That song just rocks, and also it all it reminds me of a a, a earlier Saturday Night Live skit with Adam Sandler and, and uh, Chris
1: Farley. Mar- yes, favorite Chris Farley. So it, it always reminds me of that. So absolutely. Well, in tribute to Rodney, since he's a co-host of this show, and also Van Halen, let's take a listen to Beautiful Girls. Which, by the way, Scott. As we have to announce on these tribute shows, we're able to play the music since it is a review of the career of Van Halen. We are not doing this for profit and is only for review purposes. So, again, please don't sue us. All right, here we go with Van Halen Beautiful Girls. <laughs> A song. Classic. I tell you, every time I hear that song, I, I just I think that's like the perfect theme song for Rodney. He even perked up over here when he heard that song back in the day when um, I was doing the events and we do like the model theme events and stuff, I, I was thinking of videos to how to promote our events, but I wanted to do it with Rodney because Rodney was always the uh, mascot, and so I thought it'd be kind of funny to do a, a take where you have the video where all of a sudden you got this man of the world but it's the bulldog walking through the pool scene and as soon as he walks by like all these women at the pool are perking up and stuff and coming over to see him because that's like what it was really like I mean Rodney and I would just get mobbed you're right so I just always love that song and yeah that that Saturday Night Live thing with um, Adam Sandler and uh, Chris Farley with that song that was pretty fun as well yeah so, going back to uh, the success of Van Halen 1 and 2, um, Van Halen number one actually, um, like I said, it came out February 10th of 1978. It peaked at number 19 on the Billboard uh, charts, sold more than 10 million copies in the United States. Van Halen 2 pe- uh, came out in uh, 1979, like about a year later, uh, in May of 1979. It peaked to number six on the Billboard 200 charts. And it sold about 6 million uh, albums in the United States as of 2004. So, you know, big successes um, and always top uh, top 20 charts. So I think the thing with Van Halen, too, you know, in some of the reviews, they would talk about with Van Halen how they were different than your Led Zeppelins and a lot of these other bands because of they were making rock fun. And, and I think David Lee Roth, you know, I mean he does a perfect job of making it fun
2: agreed and I, I think that they you know Led Zeppelin is one of my favorite all-time bands but a lot of their stuff was more dark and more you know dreary and more you know things like that they I mean they had a couple of fun songs but they weren't real showy and 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 all that uh, when Van Halen come out man it was just like like we said earlier, Very colorful, very in-your-face, very active on stage. You know, a lot of times, you know, Robert Plant and Jimmy Page, I mean, Jimmy Page did some dancing around and stuff, and what he did was fantastic for the time. Don't, please don't take away, because like I said, Zeppelin's one of my all-time favorites, but when Van Halen came out, man, they were so energetic and just so, you know, like I said, David Lee Roth was flamboyant, and you never knew what he might be doing from one day, you know, one show to the next or one video to the next, and they were just, you know, you you hit the nail on the head. They made it fun.
1: Yeah. So they followed up with a third album in March of 1980 with Women and Children First. This was a major, major album for them. Um, Had such great songs as And the Cradle Will Rock, Everybody Wants Some. Love both of those songs. Absolutely. Fools, Romeo Delight. Torah Torah, loss of control take your whiskey home could this be magic and in a simple rhyme um that album is highly highly regarded um matter of fact several magazines have ranked it among the um it was ranked number 30 on the 100 greatest heavy metal metal albums of all time rolling stone listed it as number 36 on their list of what the 100 greatest metal albums of all time um Obviously, got five stars from uh, all the different groups, the reviewers. So, just a really, really great album. Um, what's your take on some of those songs?
2: So, really, and the Cradle Will Rock, and Everybody Wants Some, is is two of their best songs. I think Everybody Wants Some is definitely one of my favorite Van Halen songs. And you know, going reviewing these albums, that <laughs> I forget about some of them. Man, there there was so many, and it's kind of what's funny is you can tell like the the way that their career went from the year when you start tracking through this history of, of theirs like from 74 to 78 you can tell that they did the whole starving artist practicing getting their stuff together you know they played at whiskey go uh, go and and all the hollywood joints and and things like that getting their their act together and once they list you know released their first album in 78 man these guys were working hard because they were releasing an album about every other year. And, yeah, and that's big time, man. I mean, that's that's a lot of work. And these guys were going at it hard from 78 to like 85. I mean, and that's, you know, in 11 years together, I looking through this history now, I kind of see why there was some turmoil around 85. Because, I mean, the guys were probably just sick of each other
1: by then. Yeah. Well, I mean, another amazing album for them. So... You said you want some? Well, Scott, I'll give you some. Here's Everybody Wants Some. Everybody Wants Some from Van Halen. You know, Scott, it's interesting. Um, When Eddie Van Halen passed away, um, I I saw so many friends on social media post that he was the reason that they picked up a guitar. Um, Talk about his impact as as a guitarist and where do you think he ranks among the best?
2: So, in my opinion, Eddie... Van Halen is probably and definitely in the top three top to top five of all time. A lot of guys you know they'll want to go with these offbeat guys like Ingvey uh, Malmstein and Satriani and and those guys are awesome. I don't know if you've ever listened to any of their stuff they're really good for what they do but Eddie was fantastic in a band setting where you know it wasn't just about his guitar playing it was about the band. Period. His guitar playing was a big piece of it, but he put it together with a good front man, a good drummer, a good bassist, and it, people came to see the show, not just the guitarist. And you know, Eddie didn't come out with these single albums just featuring his guitar playing, and he absolutely could have. But the thing that I like about Eddie and his story is he was so poor growing up that he fashioned his own guitar to make the sounds that he made that famous guitar, the red and white painted guitar was a guitar that he made out of parts that I think the nickname of it was Frankenstein because he made it from parts from so many different uh, brands of guitar and he fashioned it to make the sounds that he wanted it to make. There's even a video out there uh, of him, Making his guitar sound almost like a violin. I don't know if you've heard that or not, but he, sure. there was a switch that he could flip on on that guitar, and there's a song that features it. I can't remember the which exact song it is, uh, but he can do like a whole violin solo on, or, or it sounds like a violin on his guitar. It's amazing, and just the fact that he fashioned that guitar himself, oh. and made it, you know, and then played and fashioned his own style of playing is is unbelievable i mean that that not only tells you how talented the guy is but his dedication and desire to play and to be different so to me that alone makes uh eddie van halen something that stands out versus the other guys he you know he didn't he couldn't afford the pedals and the fancy uh get ups and all that in the beginning right he he built his own guitar to make those sounds and figured out a way to make it just by playing. So that earns my respect. Like I said I, before, I'm no musician by any means, but I'm a huge fan, and I've been a fan of rock for 35-plus years, so I'm making that statement boldly.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, he is just, um, he is just amazing on that. Um, so transitioning back to some of their other albums because you made the comment earlier that they were making an album every year and that's true at this point um, their next album was called fair warning it was released april twenty-ninth of nineteen eighty-one So again every year and let's see here they this is one where they had some i mean so many great songs again i mean unchained is on there
2: yeah you gotta go with unchained on this one in my opinion that that's probably my favorite from that album
1: yeah like, um, Side one was Mean Street, then Dirty mo- Movies, Center Swing, Hear About It Later, then Unchained on Side Two, Push Comes to Shove, So This Is Love, Sunday Afternoon at the Park, uh, One Foot Out the Door. Um, you know, definitely Unchained was my favorite from that one. This is one actually that it got really great reviews, but it was their lowest sell- selling album of the Van Halen era. But yes, it had uh, great reviews. The next album is. Just for the listeners, with so many great Van Halen albums, we're not going to be able to go and evaluate every album, but we're definitely going to try to hit the highlights. Um, the next one, 1982, so keep it on that string of one every every year, is called uh, Diver Down. It was released April 14th of 1982. Some of the top songs from that, Oh Pretty Woman, take on the Roy Orbison song, Dancing in the Street. Um You know, another great album for them there. Let's see what else is on here. Um, Happy Trails. So a lot of great songs there. And then that leads us into probably Van Halen's biggest album. Um, Well, definitely as far as sales. The 1984 album with the, the baby with the angel wings and the cigarette on the cover of the album. Released January 9th, 1984. And it was a major, major, major hit. So it was actually uh, Rolling Stone ranked the album 81 on its list of 100 Greatest Albums. So actually behind the Van Halen 1 and Van Halen 2 songs, as far as musical importance, uh, reached number two on the Billboard 200 albums. So the highest um of any Van Halen album to date. The only reason why it didn't make number one is because there was a little album known as Thriller from Michael Jackson that was number one for a long, long time. Absolutely. So it produced a single such as Jump, uh, which was Van Halen's only number one single on the Billboard Hot 100 album, as well as one of my personal favorites, Panama, and I know one of your personal favorites, Scott, Hot for Teacher. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, what's your take on this album?
2: So, this was the album that, like I alluded to earlier in the, in the uh, podcast here, that uh, brought me to the table. Uh, 1984, I was a young guy, third grade maybe. Uh, Jump was, you know, super highly popular, which, if anybody listened to our ACDC episode, I equate Jump to You Shook Me All Night Long. And what I mean by that is that's one of my least favorite Van Halen songs now because it's been so overplayed and commercially used and all that. And I feel like it takes away from some of their other uh, songs. But back then in 1984, I thought Jump was fantastic. That brought me into Van Halen. Uh, As I alluded to in previous episodes, I've, I've got two sisters that are older than me that were rock and roll junkies. Uh, they had a lot of these albums and then I started listening to, uh, earlier Van Halen cassettes that they had, which brought me to Van Halen one. And I would have to say that Van Halen one and 1984 are a close tie on which Van Halen album is my favorite. I love both of these albums. So, uh, You know, what can I say? Hot for Teacher was the MTV era icon. The video was amazing, and that song is (laughs) just fantastic. Uh, The song on this album, though, that I've been really leaning on the last couple years that I feel like doesn't get enough play is Drop Dead Legs. If you haven't heard it, give it a listen. It is the the just absolute rock song you need to hear. Uh, It's got everything, and it doesn't get enough publicity in my book. But uh, every song on this album is good.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, this is one where it sold over 10 million albums. Um, it and Van Halen's debut album were their best-selling albums. This is also the last album in David Lee Ross' original run with the band. Um, of course, he left them in 1985. I agree with um, your take on Jump. I mean, I, it was their biggest individual hit. But I think too, it's also one that it appealed to like the six and seven year old kids and eight year old kids who were listening to it, like you and I were at that age. Right. As opposed to, you know, some of the other songs were more for older kids. But Jump was a fun song. You know, it had the uh, all the guitars and the synthesizers. But because of the synthesizers, that's why I don't like it as as well as Panama. I mean, I love Panama. I love Hot for Teacher in this. Um, so. Since you are a huge fan of Hot for Teacher, let's give a little listen to Hot for Teacher by Van Halen from 1984. was hot for teacher <laughs> i i remember that video because i mean they had a the woman in there who was dressed in the, the teacher outfit and it reminded me of stacy Keebler going back to the wrestling days when she came out as miss Hancock.
2: oh yeah and it also reminds me of a famous scene in a great movie called varsity blues oh yes where the guys were at the club and their teacher came out uh, what an amazing scene and tribute but man That song is just the epitome of MTV era. I mean, that video was amazing. That song was awesome. Just mad. That just floods memories of back in the day. So great choice.
1: You know, what? I was listening to the song just a minute ago, too, I was like, man, they're talking about having pencils in school and stuff. I'm like, that made me feel old because I don't even know if kids use pencils in schools anymore. (laughs) They do. I've got a (laughs) 10-year-old. Okay, well, I feel better now. Right all right next i want to play one of my other favorites from that album and that is panama Wow, another amazing song. You know, what? one thing I was going to mention about with that song, as well as um, Hot for Teacher, just the great drumming there that's in, in both of those songs.
2: Absolutely.
1: You know, sometimes Alex Van Halen, I mean, he's usually overshadowed by David Lee Roth or Eddie Van Halen, but, I mean, he's just a fantastic drummer.
2: Yeah, unfortunately, that is the way of the drummer in, in rock bands. Uh <laughs> Tommy Lee. <laughs> well, Tommy Lee... <laughs> he was overshadowed until he started coming out with uh, videos and all kinds of crazy stuff like that and then he was the hit headliner after that but
1: yeah um, you know I, I think the other thing too I mean Van Halen theme they always have the great solos from Eddie Van Halen with the guitar and I mean it's just you know amazing the the speed that he played with
2: absolutely just pure talent I mean he can take it fast he can go up the neck with the tapping uh, you know way that he does it or he can you know just play regular and he can also play rhythm and and just keep up with you know just the, the song itself so he, he can do it all
1: yeah all right so i'm going to give you a little gift here you said your favorite song on the album $5. was drop dead legs so i'm going to give you an opportunity to listen to drop dead legs All right, so that is Drop Dead Legs
2: there. Perfect song to show off everybody's talents in the band on that
1: one. Yeah. So, see, I'm a good host. You know, I I take care of my guests. I
2: appreciate it.
1: (laughs) So, you know, that's like the perfect song, too, if like doing like a model shoot or video or whatever. So so what, what makes that song stand out for you?
2: to me it's just the the perfect scenario for all band members to sh- showcase their talents you hear Eddie's guitar you hear the drums you hear David Lee Roth really showing off his you know way to come in with the vocals and and storytelling with the vocals and then you know the background singing and you know the bass everybody gets a chance to showcase on that and it's just an all around it's like a fun song you could tell that it was like the band members had fun making that song
1: yeah so that is 1984 by Van Halen um, It was the last album with David Lee Roth before they split ways um, what, what was your take on David Lee Roth leaving Van Halen and doing
2: so singles? even so I was a young guy right I was a kid even as a 11 year old kid or 10 year old kid. I knew or felt that it had to do with David Lee Roth's ego. I, I knew that he thought he was a pretty boy and, and all that. And, you know, to a lot of the ladies he was. And, but I knew that he felt like he transcended the band. Like he felt like he was bigger than Van Halen and he wanted to make a run for it. He got out and, you know, and, you know, hats off to the guy because he was moderately successful on his own for a few years and you know did his own thing and had some good hits and good videos and of course the mtv era was kind to him because he was a pretty boy and he was able to be flamboyant and and make funny videos and like i wish they could all be california girls still love that video to this day i thought it was great uh you know and there's a couple other uh, yankee rose was a good hit uh of his and i think was it Paradise? Uh, if I'm not mistaken, that was also a good good video and a good song. So strictly back to the question, though, I, I do feel like it was his ego that carried him away. I think uh, 11 years together in the band. And, you know, we alluded to uh, just previously that, man, once uh, Van Halen 1 hit in 78, man, they were cutting albums every year. Yeah, up until eighty five. So I, you know, and they were they had to tour every album. You have to tour to to build up the album. So I think that they just simply got sick of each other. I mean, it's just like you know a roommate that you're with twenty four seven all the time. They could be your best friend, but you know after a while you're going to start having you're going to start bumping heads because you're spending too much time together. So mm-hmm. uh, I think that that played a part because these guys were together. I mean, they had to be together close to 300 days a year, if not more, to turn out an album and to tour uh, for every album. So it, they had to just get sick of each other.
1: Yeah. Well, that was a major change. And to be honest with you, growing up, um, you know, being a little kid and didn't know, I thought David Lee Ross' name was Van Halen. I'm like, because <laughs> he was the, the front guy that you would see. And, you know, they always don't feature. Um, the, the guitarist and the drummer in the interviews and stuff. And, and Dave, you know, he was a big-time personality. But then they brought in Sammy Hagar, who is, you know, a tremendously talented frontman. Um, I, I, like, I like the versions of Van Halen with both David Lee Roth and Sammy Hagar. There are some people that are definitely like Van, uh, Van Halen with David Lee Roth, and they won't even listen to the Sammy stuff. And then there are some people that don't like the, the David Lee Roth stuff. What's your take on that?
2: I'm right with you on why not both? Why? Yeah. Hey, they've got a song, The Best of Both Worlds. Why not? I love both versions of Van Halen. I was a Hagar fan before he went with Van Halen. I Can't Drive 55 is an I love ic- that song. iconic song. And a lot of the people that are non-Hagar uh, fans are like, oh, he needed Van Halen. Man, you guys are nuts. You don't know your history because that dude just released a highly successful solo album in 84 right before he joined Van Halen so mm-hmm. he didn't need Van Halen, he was highly successful with Montrose, highly successful solo career, he was doing just fine and it just, it was a perfect time and a perfect marriage you know, in 1985 they picked up Sam Ann in 1986 hey, they released a great album, 5150
1: that's right 5150 51 was released on March 24th, 1986. It's actually, it was recorded at the 5150 Studios, which was Eddie Van Halen's studio at his home out in California. And apparently, um, you know, that got named after, I think it was for um, like the emergency calls and stuff, like if someone was crazy. But uh, anyway, major album that came out um, in 1986, first album with Sammy Hagar, and it was, you know, a tremendous hit. I mean, the reception on it was fantastic. You had songs on there like Why Can't This Be Love, Get Up, Dreams, Summer Nights, Best of Both Worlds, Love Walks In, of course, 5150, and Inside, um, you know, big, big uh, success. It got to number one on the Billboard charts, the highest that a Van Halen album had ever gotten was this album, the first one with with Sammy Hagar. And this, so this is exactly why I liken 5150,
2: and I hate to keep bringing up our other favorite band, but uh-huh. ACDC's Back in Black is very similar to Van Halen's 5150. And quite honestly, it's because at first everybody was like, uh-oh, what's Van Halen going to do now? Because David Lee Roth left, and that's what everybody knew them by, And Hagar took over, and there was a lot of people questioning, is that going to work? I don't know. Just like Back in Black, the album went to number one. They had a tremendous amount of hits. And for uh, Van Halen with Hagar, let's give them credit where credit's due, man. They picked up Hagar in 85. David Lee Roth left in 85. They had an album released with several hits, their number one album, in March of '86. So they didn't even they didn't even take a year to record this with Hagar. So it was magic in the making.
1: They recorded it in four months. They recorded it from November of eight, 1985 through February of '86, and it was out um, on March 24th of 1986. Unheard of! Unheard of! Magic in the making, right there. Well, I will I will say this for Van Halen. I mean, you know, just looking at the albums they produced, I mean, they were. Like you said, pumping out stuff every year, every other year. I mean, constantly in the studio. It's not like with Guns N' Roses, you know, they would do an album in 88 and then three or four years later they do one and then 20 years later Axel does another one. I mean, they're constantly coming up with new material and that's really hard. I mean, think about the creativity that has to go into the thinking of your the ideas for the songs, writing the song, um, you know, playing. I mean, it's, it's just a tremendous amount of work and look
2: at the the release dates of the next several albums, the band didn't slow down. I mean, they went 1984, then, okay, 5150 in 86, OU812 in 88, For Unlawful Cardinal Knowledge in 91, Balance in 95. I mean, yeah, there was a couple years extra spread in there, but not much, man. Those guys really worked hard over that time period.
1: Yeah. Well, let's take a listen at one of the songs on this album, And you mentioned it before, why can't we both like Dave and Sammy? We'll have the best of both worlds. So here's a little bit from the best of both worlds by Van Halen. that was a little bit of best of both worlds with the Sammy Hagar version. So, you know, that was a, like I said, a tremendously successful album. Um, they go on in 1988 to release OU 812. Um, I'm sorry. OU 812. Um, so that was a huge album for them. Uh, went to number one as, as well. So, you know, Hey, Sammy Hagar comes in, they produce two albums that go to number one. This one, uh, Sold 4 million albums, and some of the songs on that album are Mine All Mine on Side One, When It's Love, remember that one. AFU, Naturally Weird, Cabo Wabo, which Sammy Hagar has done a few resorts based on that. <laughs> uh, side two, you had Source of Infection, Feels So Good, Finish What You Started, remember that one. Black and Blue, definitely remember that one. And uh, Sucker in a Three Piece, sounds like they're talking about lawyers there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely could be. <laughs> so, so um, you know, they just keep rolling. And then one of my favorite albums—I guess this is probably my favorite album from the uh, Sammy era, era. It's for unlawful carnal knowledge that came out June eighteenth, nineteen ninety-one. This one actually was recorded for a, over a long period of time. It was from March nineteen ninety through April of nineteen ninety-one and came out, and it was another huge, huge hit, another U.S. Billboard number one album. I mean, think about it, at that time, I mean, that's when still Guns N' Roses was dominant in their era, you still had a Motley Crue and stuff, and here you got, I mean, Aerosmith, I guess Aerosmith was starting to pick up more again, like in 92, though, because they had some big hits in the late 80s and stuff, but, uh, and then... um shoot, what's the Aerosmith song that has the album that had the cow on the front? Um, get a grip. Yeah. That was a big album. But I mean, you know, here's Van Halen going along number one album after number one album.
2: You also got to throw in, uh, the beginning of grunge was starting to hit around ninety ninety one. Yeah. With Alice in Chains and Nirvana and all that was starting to take over, but Van Halen was still riding strong.
1: Yeah. You know, one thing about Van Halen too, um, after Eddie, passed away I mean they their fans were not just the guys I mean they had a ton of women fans yeah, for sure I mean and uh so I I know a lot of my female friends have taken this loss of Eddie pretty hard because I mean they were big time Van Halen fans whereas you know not as many women were as fans of um the fans of ACDC as much as they're they're kind of more of a guy you know band I mean there are a lot of women that like them but not like Like Van Halen, I don't think.
2: Agreed. Perfect statement. So
1: so this album here, Side One, Pound Cake, one of my favorite songs. Judgment Day, Spanked, Run Around, and Pleasure Dome, all on Side One. Side Two, In and Out, Man on a Mission, The Dream is Over. Right now... 316 and top of the world i tell you what with pound cake right now and top of the world those are definitely three of my favorite songs of all time and they're especially right now and top of the world i mean the right now song that's as relevant today as it was uh, 91
2: agreed agreed i just sent that video to a group that i'm on on uh, uh facebook messenger of my buddies from back home and i'm like You know, this video is still significant today, 30-plus years later, as it was
1: back then. Yeah. So let's take a listen to Right Now from Van Halen. an amazing song absolutely great song you know i just feel like with that song with all the crap that's been going on in 2020 with you know we're seeing this in the election and stuff and regardless of what side of the fence someone's on politically i think if you got a bunch of people in the room and you just played that song and people actually listened to it and thought about it it's like right now what's happening you know, we got to turn this thing around. I just, I just feel like people would walk out a changed person. Agreed. So, I mean, just a powerful, powerful song. Uh, you know, the thing about with this album <clears throat> is, <clears throat> excuse me, this actually, um, for, <clears throat> for unlawful carnal knowledge, it won the Grammy Award in nineteen ninety one for best hard rock performance. So uh, none of the Van Halen albums before had won a Grammy Award or any any of that. So that that was a pretty impressive feat right there. And the album sold three million. There you go. Yeah. So going to another one of my favorite songs from that is Pound Cake. So let's listen to a little bit of Pound Cake. <laughs> Van Halen's Pound Cake from the For Unlawful Carnal Knowledge album.
2: You have to give Van Halen credit just like we gave ACDC credit. They have a lot of songs that are uh, very much innuendo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, they live the rock and roll lifestyle.
2: Absolutely.
1: Eddie Van Halen was very married to one of the most gorgeous women of all time and Valerie Bertinelli. Yes. So... tremendous album like I said it won the Grammy Award for 1991 and uh, you know big success so you know Van Halen kept on with the tours and then in 1993 they released a live album called right here right now and even that album it it made it to the top five list and uh, on the sales so it sold two million so two times platinum and then um, it was you know it's number five on the Billboard charts you know it's kind of interesting. You're looking at some of these albums, like we were talking talking about AC/DC, and they sold 50 million albums for Back in Black, and then you know a lot of these songs, 10 million for Van Halen, one 10 million for um, for um, 1984. When you're getting into the 90s, you're start starting to see that the album sales aren't as much, and it's more. I guess more people are listening to it through MTV and you're starting to get into the area where people could download things and stuff like that. So the music industry was changing a lot. So that's interesting. Um, The next album they go to is or produces in 1995, the Balance album. That was released on January 24th of 1995. And it was the last album featuring Sammy Hagar as a lead singer of Van Halen. And it's kind of interesting because, um, first off, another number one album, Balance, was reached number one on the U.S. Billboard charts in February of 1995. It reached triple platinum status by selling more than three million copies in the United States, and its total sales were around that three million mark. So, another about the same number of sales, a little bit more than um, the prior big album they had. The uh, for unlawful carnal knowledge, but you know this was one where it was written uh, during some internal fighting periods between Sammy Hagar and Eddie and Alex Van Halen. And as uh, an interesting backstory on this, it said the band worked eight-hour days for three months recording the album. And the first song on the record, "The Seventh Seal," features a lot of overtones that came in part from Eddie Van Halen's new newfound sobriety. And matter of fact, his therapist urged him to relax and imagine where he w- was at after drinking a six-pack of beer. And then, after going sober, he was able to write three albums or three songs in a half-hour period. So kind of different there. That's pretty impressive to write three songs in a half-hour period. I mean, we can't even do a podcast in three,
2: in a half hour. No question. No question. So, but you know, the whole Hagar thing, I have to liken it to what happened with Lee Roth. I mean, they were, you know, David Lee Roth was with them for 11 years, and they were back-to-back albums for six years, seven years straight, and then he decided to go on his own, and you know, like I said earlier in the in the episode, part of that had to be due to them just being tired of each other, and just spending too much time together. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, uh, they didn't slow down much with Sammy, so from 85 until 96, you know, I'm sure that those guys got tired of being locked up in the studio together, being locked up on the tour bus together, you know, I mean, that's, it just, after that many years, that many albums, that many tour dates, they, they've got to be getting tired of each other, so it's just yeah. na- natural that there's going to be some of that happen.
1: Yeah, you know, it's interesting, though, when you look at the overall success of Van Halen under Sammy Hagar and David Lee Roth, I mean, really, they had more number one albums under Sammy Hagar, but they technically sold more albums with David Lee Ross. So, I mean, I think it's pretty amazing that you have a band that's able to be that successful under two different performers. I mean, sort of uh, to the degree ACDC did, but ACDC didn't have the same level of commercial success under Bon Scott that Van Halen did with... David Lee Roth before bringing in Sammy Hagar so Agreed. it's, it's a impressive very
2: very impressive that they I mean that says a lot about the band and it says a lot about Eddie and his brother and Michael Anthony who all stayed together all through that uh, through both lead singers I mean you had to have that stability there that that foundation and those guys uh, gave it
1: right um, so after Sammy Hagar left they did a couple of uh, best Hits albums that were number one hits as well. Then they had a period where they brought in a lead singer named Gary Cherone um, that was not as commercially successful on that, and it didn't really last that long. And matter of fact, really, Van Halen doesn't even refer to it in their history as far as like greatest albums, tribute shows, or anything like that.
2: Right. I was definitely, Van Halen was washing out as far as me as a fan at that point. No offense to Gary Cherone cuz I loved him in Extreme. I still like Extreme. Uh, their music. He, he just was not the right fit for Van Halen. I think they were trying to hurry up and grab somebody and and put somebody that had talent in that in that role and he just was not the right guy.
1: Yeah. But they did have some reunions, you know. They mended some fences between um, Sammy and Eddie, mended some fences and Sammy came back for some s- successful tours and like I guess mid-2000s, and even David Lee Roth mended fences with uh, the Van Halens and came back. They did another album around like 2013, I think. They got good reviews, and I actually went to a concert there, and I tell you what, it was a great show. Great show.
2: I was never lucky enough to see Van Halen live, but I did in 2007 at Starwood Amphitheater see Sammy Hagar and Michael Anthony play together and they played a lot of Van Halen stuff and it was fantastic it was a great show
1: yeah you know and it's interesting after Sammy Hagar left he and Michael Anthony did a lot of stuff together um, and Eddie's son Wolfgang with uh, who he was uh, his mom was Valerie Bertinelli uh, he came in and took over the bass position of Michael Anthony and right. so they performed on that reunion with uh, David Lee Roth and that other album so he was with the band for a long time Right So So You know Van Halen has Had a They had a tremendous career I I don't really know Where they go now With With Eddie passing away I think I, I just don't see Van Halen doing Really anything Without um, Eddie I mean What do you think
2: And You know And my thing is Why do they need to You know They don't That's really I mean They they made so much Fantastic music From 78 to 96 That would be enough To last them for Forever And then they still recorded a few things here and there after that and did reunion tours and and all that. So, you know, why do they need to other than maybe they want to do a tribute to Eddie or, you know, something like that. Maybe they put something together where all the guys get together and do something, Yeah, Uh, you know.
1: Grammys or something
2: Right I mean maybe they do something like that But who's going to fill his shoes Who's going to fill the guitarist's shoes (laughs) It's going to be hard to find somebody to fill that void You know what I mean But there's a lot of young up and coming guitar players There's endless YouTube videos of young kids Who can get on and play Eruption And I mean there's one kid I I wished I knew his name But he got on stage At a concert and played Eruption And I mean it was to the T So you know maybe they pull somebody like that out that can mimic, uh, Eddie and, and go for it. But, you know, they don't really need to, they've made millions upon millions of dollars. All of them are well off by now, I'm sure. And Michael Anthony and Sammy are still doing their own thing. They made a a tribute video uh, where they were were talking Mm -hmm. about Eddie's passing and it was very nice and sweet, you know, of them to do. And, uh, you know, Sammy's living his best life at Cabo you know, he's got his own place there. He throws a big birthday bash every year. I think it's actually coming up. And mm-hmm. Sammy's seventy something years old and still rocking out. So I mean, hey, yeah,
1: seventy two. Power to him. Yeah. So let's talk about you know the legacy of Van Halen. Obviously, they're one of the greatest bands of all time. Where do you rank them on on the list of the greatest?
2: For me, uh, man, it's it's just tough to say because i've got zeppelin up there i've got acdc up there van halen's got to be in the top five i mean that to me they've got to be somewhere in that mix it depends on my mood you know it's hard for me to just say oh they're they're number three or they're number two or you know i've got to throw them in and just say top five at least and at minimum top 10 of all time
1: yeah i i think so i mean i know a few years ago it was vh1 or mtv they did like a ranking of the greatest rock and roll bands of all time. And I think they had Van Halen at number seven. I mean, I think they're definitely top 10 because you're going to throw Metallica in there. Um, even though Nirvana didn't have the length of career, um, they're always in the top just for the impact that they, they made. Right. You know, it's interesting because like a band like guns and roses, you know, they sold so many albums when they were out, but they just didn't have the longevity, um, that uh, a Van Halen did. So I don't know if you put Guns and Roses ahead of them or not. I mean, me personally, my probably top five favorite bands, I would say um, ACDC, I, I would probably pick Van Halen over Guns and Roses and I love Guns and Roses, but Van Halen has more songs that I like, right. I think Roses, though I think that appetite for destruction album with Guns and Roses is tied with number one for me with ACDC's Back in Black. I mean, it's just such an amazing... Both of them were such amazing albums. You know, I I like Aerosmith, but not to the level of Van Halen for me. Um, So, yeah, I would say, I guess Van Halen's probably top three for me.
2: Yeah, that's fair.
1: Yeah. So, an amazing, amazing band. We had been planning to do um, a tribute podcast to Van Halen earlier and course we get the news this week that Eddie Van Halen passed away so Scott and I were like well we got to do it this week and we have to record with such a legend passing away so on the way out we're going to pay a little tribute song to Eddie Van Halen and it's Van Halen's song Top of the World because at the end of the day Eddie Van Halen is going out as one of the top if not the top rock and roll guitarists of all time and his band Van Halen is truly iconic and will always live on forever so in tribute to eddie van halen we're going to close the show with van halen's top of the world this episode of living the dream with ben and rodney scott thanks so much for coming on the show for this very important show
2: absolutely ben thank you again for uh putting it together so quickly and uh us being able to pay tribute to one of the greatest
1: absolutely so we appreciate everybody listening hope you enjoyed the show as we reminisce about the legacy of van halen and of course eddie van halen so uh hope you enjoy the show and we'll see you next time have a great week
0: Thanks for listening to this episode. Find us online at benandrodney.com and follow us on Instagram at benwilsonmiami.